Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch the Podcast presented by the Dude and Grim Show and co-produced by Mr. I-V-E-S-T. I am the Dude. And I am Grim, and today we are talking... Holding it up. You know I am. Apologies to the Queen Mary, the first full-length studio album by none other than Wolf Parade. Canada's own, mate. Definitely. Canada's own. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Solid vinyl, I bet, huh? Just single disc? Oh, of course. Yeah, I picked this up years ago, and it was one of those ones where this album was was just something I really gravitated toward once I found out about it, and this is like early 2000s. I think as the hipsters like to say, the early aughts. I think that uh, sounds really weird, but um, in, the, in the early but part of the weird, turn so. of the century... Um, I, there was there was a handful of things that came out at this that like dude it was around the same time funeral came out like there was just a lot of good indie stuff that kind of came out at this time and this was one of those ones that always stuck with me and was uh, has been one of my favorites ever since. All right. Well, I think there's their their story is v- how they kind of formed and came together is interesting and I I, I think. I don't know. Do you remember how you discovered them? Because I know I know the thing that we always talked about was it was like Isaac Brock, like discovered this band when he was like, yeah, an R for sub pop. And it was like, oh, well, if Isaac Brock likes it, it's it's got to be good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think because around that time I was recording an EP for our friend uh, Chad Lowey and his group at the time, Comlag. And I want to say Eric told me about this record, Easy this, this album. Yeah. yeah, Eric Grinowitz told me about this record and that I should check it out. And so I did. And Matt Bukis was also in that band. Yeah. But, dude, I, I mean, to me, it's like as soon as the, the keyboard hits on on You're a Runner and I'm My Father's Son, I'm kind of like, ding, yep, ding. This, is, yeah. this is the sort of thing I like. <laughs> yeah, I remember you you playing this for me and you know i was like i i definitely like the sound of it and that's probably around that time like you just kind of said like that's when i was i was getting i was getting more into modest mouse uh, you know and, yeah yeah and like you said funeral had just come out and everything and you know I, that was kind of when i was getting i guess you know more into the the, the indie rock scene and probably yeah, starting TV to listen on more. the radio was uh, TV yeah on the radio. you know there there was like Even a good built time spill, spoon dr like a Don, lot of yeah these, it was a you good know, time for like um, the indie, indie rock, man. I guess. You know, if if you will, yeah. if you will, yeah. the royal well, weed. I think it's really cool to to look back at that time period now because all those bands were really up and coming. Oh you know, yeah! Now, now they've been around for a while, and it's like you know. Well, and, and Wolf Parade has since gone on hiatus and then come back, and I think they've come back and they've done two albums since they came back. A couple from of hiatus, them. So. Yeah, they've done a couple. I think they released re- released something in twenty twenty, but I could be wrong, and probably am wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, so they, uh, you know. It, it was interesting because they had come out. They have three self-titled EPs. Mm-hmm. Did you read that? Like that's that's yeah. uh, that's pretty funny, man. Um, so yeah, so they came out with an album, Thin Mind, in January of 2020. Had one in 2017. Now there was a a, a big gap between 2010 
and 2017. So, yeah. Uh, but this is their, I guess, you know, fifth or this is their first, but they have five full length albums. Is uh, um, is Expo 86 the last one before the break? I think. Uh, probably. Yes. Yeah. Expo 86 was 2010. Okay. Cry, Cry, Cry 2017. Um, but actually, they have, I, I was wrong. They have four self-titled EPs. One in 2003, one in 2004, one in 2005, and then one in 2016. They're oh, like, nice. you know what? It's been it's been over 10 years since we've put out a self-titled EP. We're about due. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like that, too, because they kind of went with the thing of, like, you know, uh, how Fleetwood Mac has two albums called Fleetwood Mac. Now, they're basically different bands, but they were just like, you know what? We'll do you one better. <laughs> yeah actually, we may we'll not be like making rumors but we'll do actually we'll, yeah better. we'll do you four but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah suck it um <laughs> well uh it was interesting when i was reading sort of about how this this band formed yeah um you know like basically it was i think grenadine records they they gave is do you say how do you say his last name spencer krug krug, krug? yeah i think sure. about like yeah like kruger national park krug mm-hmm. krug Anyways, they were like, yeah, you have three weeks to form a band. And so, you know, they pretty much started, uh, they added one other person in, but they had only played once and rehearsed once before their first show. Like, that's that's pretty incredible. Also, just to be that good of a musician to be like, yeah, I guess we're just going to go. Let's go out there and wing it. I mean, there's like the the MacGruber, right? Yeah, sure. Well, there's there's a difference difference between wigging it and seeing what happens. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Um, And and so Dan Bochner, he's now, I think this is interesting and we should talk about this because very similar to listening to a band like the Beatles. Now the Beatles obviously have Harrison too, but it's more or less, you can kind of tell whether it's a John song or a Paul song based on who's singing it. Right. And, and sort of the stylistically too. But I think the same applies in Wolf Parade with Spencer Krug and Dan Bogner because they have very different voices and Dan Bogner's voice always reminded me if like Beck was in a rock band, can you hear that? Is is if okay. you think, can you can you hear it as you think about it sure. now? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Like it, it, it yeah. just it has it. It's always had, and I can't describe what the quality is, but it's always had this quality that reminded me kind of of is is if if Beck was in more of a rock band. Yeah. Well, I, and I would talk about. Spencer a little bit because I would say he he falls on the more unique vocal spectrum. Absolutely. And how his voice is the one in I'm a runner and you're you're a runner and I'm my father's son. son. And, uh, you know, I like it. I I think it fits the music very well. I can I can definitely see it not being for everyone. Yeah. Like if there's if if some like I can definitely see a, a handful of people being like, yeah, no, it sounds awesome, but I just, you know, I, I can't get past, you know, the vocals. Um, I, I I don't know if I've heard someone's vocals sound like that before. Like, they're just so unbelievably unique. Yeah. Like, there's just just the sound. And I, I don't want to say it's like a like a whiny sound, but there's just I this certain quality yeah. to it a little bit. Um, now, have you heard any of his other spin? Like, he's got a spinoff project called uh-huh. Sunset Rubdown. 
and they put out a couple of pretty oh. good albums. And okay. I remember Stro okay. um, telling me about Sunset Rubdown, and there's they got a couple of good albums that are worth checking out. I will All right, say. cool. Well, yeah. I will. Have, I mean, I've definitely I'm definitely familiar with uh, with with the name. Oh yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. But yeah, it's interesting because I guess they were in. So in Bokner was in a band called Atlas Strategic, which I believe friend of the show Leifer told me about at one point around that time, too. And I hadn't really listened to them, but I guess I was aware that they existed. If that means if that's yeah, worth you know, a shit in any way. It's an important part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, just like the Colonel. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the Colonel. So it's a real film, Jack. So I guess uh, so. Brock discovers them, and they go down to Portland and kind of record some some songs. Yeah, yeah. This it was weird. This album seemed to now I, I I couldn't I couldn't fully understand all um, of how this album was constructed. I, I I just felt like it wasn't written very clearly. Um, but it sounds like a you know. They had had a couple of EPs before they put this out, and it sounds like they used some of those songs on this album. Now, I don't know if they just—I didn't listen to the EPs, but if they so just I don't know cherry if they, picked them or redid them. If, yeah, yeah, or they or they redid them. Um, I haven't I listened to those either because I've—I you know, it's like I—I I was always a fan of this record, um, and then. Once Mount Zoomer came or at Mount Zoomer came out, I mean, I had that one on CD too. Okay. Now, one thing yeah, that's interesting, I that and I don't know if it matters, but I, I, I'm interested now as I look at it. If one were to look at the cover for this album on, say, a website like Wikipedia, mm-hmm. they would see that down here it says Wolf Parade. Yeah, right. On, okay. on this, it does not. It is just blank. Huh. So trippy. That's really neat. Trippy. I'm just, sure that everyone's really impressed by that. They are very impressed. Um, but yeah, back to the recording, I guess, you know, Isaac Brock had kind of discovered them. And I think they had, gosh, I'm trying to think they, they had had some sort of connection. Like they'd been on, I don't know, a tour, like the, he knew of them. Um, I, I think it might've been one of the other members was like in another band and they had opened up for modest mouse um, so oh, he was familiar, I think, with them as 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 individuals. But yeah, essentially, you know, Isaac Brock uh, kind of you know found him, and they went to Portland and basically spent a, they said two and a half weeks working fourteen hour days, um, and they, I guess they said that would become another self titled EP that they released in July of two thousand five. Of course, um, <laughs> at that, at that point, that just, you just need to keep following suit with that. Well, it's interesting. So they come out with that as a self-titled EP. And then um, then in September of 2005, though, is when they released this album, their first full length album. Um, and Isaac Brock produced some of the songs on the I think there was only three or so that he actually didn't produce. Oh, okay. uh, but but there's a couple that there was definitely uh, and I'll point it out when we get there. I'm like, oh, there's some definite isaac brock influence on this one. Oh um, yeah yeah just, sure just just some some things that we, we know he likes to do and you know they're the the modest mouse uh material that they come up with but um dude did you read about how they came up with the title for the album no uh okay. i i mean i feel like i did but i'm i'm not retaining it at this moment so so 
there was an incident apparently where they were on a an ocean liner called the Queen Mary. Um, and they were actually it says they were removed from the ocean liner because they broke down the door of a ballroom and were um, staging a violent seance. Seance? Seance? Yeah. And I was like, well, that's trippy. And first of all, I wasn't exactly 100% sure. Um, I was like, wait a minute. What exactly is a seance? But Oh, it's where you're supposed to like call up spirits. And- yeah. A, a meeting at which people attempt to make contact with the dead, especially through the agency of a medium. So is yeah. that like a Ouija board or something? I mean, is it No, like, a medium's a person that's supposed to... Person, like, oh. Like, dude, um, not like a fortune teller, but... Um, Gypsy, you know. No, but you know, I, I guess maybe you just call them a medium, but like people who supposedly can can connect to like your dead relatives. Um, right. I've watched a bunch of stuff on that. I, I can't say that I, I'm like 100%... It's your thing. Believe in it. Yeah. But sometimes you do hear stuff and see stuff that makes you be like, oh, it's compelling. Yeah. Some of it is compelling for sure. Yeah. But I just found that interesting. And what what exactly like what was I would be curious to know, like, what was the violent part of it? Was it just, you know, in all honesty, did they need to get in the ballroom that bad? To me, it kind of just sounds like a good story. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. But it just sounds like a good story because that's all you see of it. Yeah. So, anyways, and <sighs> what do you what do you do to get removed from an ocean liner? Are they going to fly a helicopter out there? There's a lot of holes, or there's a lot of things that need to be filled in in order to really give the story it, validity. Let's yeah. be honest. It, it could no, have been before saying. it left port. It, you know, they could have uh, maybe. Maybe one of the stops along the way. Yeah. And they were like, you know, we're, we're good here. You guys, we're going to go and you guys just stay. And right? why were they? And, and if they were all disjointed and eventually, I don't know, there's too many questions. Were they like, hey, we just became a band. Let's go on a fucking cruise. Uh, like, I don't know. A lot of questions here. A lot of questions. But anyway, a lot of questions. Well, I think it might be a good time to get into the tracks, my friend. I was thinking the same thing, LD. And I, I'm sure we're going to talk about like who the writers were just because of the vocalists. Um, and, sure. and there's there's a very distinct sort of delineator there. Even though there's the, the sound and kind of the feel, I think, carries over pretty well between stuff. So, Yeah. No, they, they definitely, it definitely does. Like the, the uh, musicianship. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it's it's not completely chopped up where it's like, wow, this song is, you know, obviously this person or this person. I don't I don't feel that necessarily, maybe. But um, yeah. And some of them tie together pretty well while others don't. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, ooh. so number um, one, dude, right dude. out of the gate. You are a runner. I am my father's son. I got a number on me. This is, I've always loved this song, and maybe this is just like the first one I heard. And especially at that time in life when you're just like, you know, like I said, there was a lot of like indie bands and things coming out. And it's like, all right, well, let me give them a try. And it's like, I might back in those days, well, maybe even still today, I might have been quick to sort of dismiss a band mm-hmm. if I didn't like the first track or two. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know, next. Um, that didn't happen, the whole thing. Like, no, I was dude, because like, okay, it yeah, had this is edge good. to it, man. It had yeah. grit. And dude, just. I, I've always really liked that saying 
or, or, or like you are your father's yes. son Their or son. I am your father. You know, yeah. um, it's 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 sort of like um, a different way of saying the apple doesn't fall far from fall the tree. Far. Right. Yeah. I just to me, the title alone, I don't get the runner part, but I just I love the. Yeah. And then yeah. how he uses that, that, that bit in the vocals of the song yeah. because it yeah. because the song gets like a little harder once he's he said you're a runner with a stolen voice you mm-hmm. are a runner and i am my father's son yeah. and then just kind of yeah. gets real nasty and the way it ends too it like it, it almost just like breaks up completely and and like fizzles out you know what i mean yeah. Like yeah. dot matrix printer style. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a, I mean, and for us being, being guys, maybe it's something we can sort of relate to, you know, uh, where it's like the older you get, you're like, Oh my God, I sound just like my dad. Oh or yeah. There's, you know, there's oh, these, these characteristics that come out and you're just like, Oh, oh like, you can't help it. I mean, even if you try like not to, right. You're yeah. like, no, I'm not going to do that or be like that. And then you're like, shit. I, I kind of like that. I'm, I'm kind of like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there's good qualities too, Dad. Yeah. If you're watching, there's good qualities too. <laughs> I know mine is. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but I and I also did think it was. Um. Uh. What did he say about this track? Is essentially there was a certain way that his father was, and he didn't. He didn't want to you know, be like that or turn out like that. So, so for him, it seemed like I am my father's son was sort of a a, a negative thing, but like we were just saying, he could see times where it's like, Oh yeah, he was like that. So, um, now dude, then it does, there isn't, I didn't recognize in this album, a lot of kind of smooth or seamless transitions, but there is, this is one of them and it does go right, right. Uh, right into smoothly into modern world uh and it's cool because it's it starts off like real acoustic and everything and And the the acoustic remains a pretty focal point of it throughout and i love the riff that bochner plays on it i mean it's (laughs) it's a it's a really it, it's a great song. I mean, the whole album is fantastic. That's why we're doing it. But um, exactly, we wouldn't we wouldn't be like, hey, we're gonna pick a shitty album and talk about it for forty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people don't really. A lot of people don't watch the great albums. Why would you watch the shitty ones? Yeah, so. sure. Um, dude, you know who this song reminds me of? Dude, the Violent Femmes. This, oh, this, interesting. This I didn't like think when about I heard that, this, but that yes. is really interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It just in his voice in this one, I know I kind of said, um, what's his name kind of has a, a, maybe a whininess to it. This definitely has sort of that, like a little bit of whininess, the, the, the way the violent like Femmes back. are. <laughs> but yeah, if, yeah, if Beck, Beck sang for the violent Femmes. Sure. Hey dude, exactly. modern world. I'm not pleased to me. You just bring me down. Like it, it's, there's a lot of great and dude, my favorite line in the song is when he says it was a torch that drove the savages back to the trees. Like that is such an awesome line. Yeah, that is, that is a really cool. good line. We got track number three, grounds for divorce. Now this one. 
a Spencer Krug song too. This one, yes. his 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 voice is is I don't know that I'd say abrasive, but it the uniqueness <laughs> certainly comes out in the way he attacks it. And I yeah. will say, like, if you would have asked me when I first listened to this record, this would have been my scratch. Interesting. Okay. Now it isn't now, but it took me a while to warm up to this song. Okay. So one thing I noticed about this song, and it's one that Isaac Brock uh, produced. If you listen to when they sing, but oh, darling is dead. We hit it on the head. You can hear it in the back, in the back. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, it could have been him doing it. It, 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 Dude, it probably was like, it definitely could have been. It definitely, I mean, it should have been. Look like, I mean, (laughs) if I was making a song and Isaac Brock was producing it or even like in the studio, I'd be like, dude, I just gonna need you to need you to put this in, right? Yeah, yeah, Gotta exactly. Listen, can you do like a solo where you kind of go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Garth in Wayne's World. Where he's like, re, re, yeah, yeah. All right, track number four. We built another world. This is one he this did was, not produce. He he did not produce yeah. this one. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, though, even though he didn't produce it, there are elements to it. Oh, that yeah. Actually, do, do remind me of Modest Mouse. Oh, and, sure. And in and, and how they sound. And I maybe just, that was part of the attraction. You know, I just love how it starts out with that. And then it comes. Yeah, it, it just comes in pretty hard. But I like that. I like the synth bit about it, too. It gives it it gives it a totally different feel. It does. Yeah. 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 And kind of like you said, with that, the, the way it comes in, it does remind me. It reminds me of earlier Modest Mouse. Yeah. Definitely yeah. the earlier stuff. Well, because you know? the drums, when, when, like you, long distance, when you hear Modest those Mouse. drum hits, it's not like this big expanse is like, it's very yeah. dry. It's very like you're just, you know what I mean? But it gets, yeah. it gets the point across. But, anyways, yeah. Yeah. And track number five, let's get fancy with Fancy Claps. Now, this song was not from an EP. Um, so it was a, it, and, and Isaac Bruce, or Isaac Bruce, he, Lenny Isaac Bruce. Bruce was, Isaac Bruce was a football player for the St. Louis Rams. Pretty oh. good receiver. Yeah, he was. But Isaac Brock. I, I might have said Isaac Bruce before too. Uh, I don't anyways. think he did because I would have. Okay. I would have at least raised an eyebrow like the Rock. Did. Yeah. If I say Isaac Bruce, I really mean Isaac Brock. So, yeah. Anyways, you know, can't really like find and replace on these things. Um, not yet. But, uh, but yeah, no, not yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's 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 got a good riff and like this fuzzy synth. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, again, you were talking about sort of the the drums. And how they sound again to me on this song, the drums do sound like an like an earlier Modest Mouse type. Yeah, they're dry. They're they don't sound like big and but I like that sometimes because I think in in 90s rock is real real guilty of this. They they always just have this just huge immense drum sound with all this echo and it's it's great. But I I don't want that in every song. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, now from like a recording perspective, to get sort of, I mean, are they miking? Do you think they're miking like each drum? Do you think like in the ninety in the nineties, that's what they were doing? They were like miking each drum, or they're in some like big room to get that sort of punchier sound that this indie rock sort of has. Like, how would you go about setting that up? Do you think? Well, for one, usually when people are going to mic a drum set, there are going to be it's not it's not just going to be like room mics. mics. Now, you yeah. would have room mics for sure. Yeah. But you'd probably put one like at least on the snare. Maybe the toms would kind of share one. I mean, I'd like to ideally I'd like to mic everything individually. Everything. Um, yeah. But it's just as simple as once you have all that, you can make the drum sound that dry or mm-hmm. as expansive as you want. It's just it's just at that point, it's a matter of taste, really. OK. All right. Because okay. that's probably more indicative of the sound of just the room they were in with whatever mic placement. Like, I would venture to say that that sound is like room mics just in the room as dead as possible. Okay. And then once everything hits, because you want the individual mics, because the room mics are great. You want that that the sound of like a drum set really is as you hear it. It's mixed together. But you also want those individual mics on there because, dude, when the kick drum hits, I want to feel that thump. And when the snare hits, right. I just want it. It's like a slap. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I want that slap. Dude, slap. Love the slap. Right in the mouth. Um, track number six. Same ghost every night. I'd say the first ballad on the album, if, if, if yeah. you will. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go with that. Um, his vocals are very like scratchy. Like, oh, like, yeah. like, I mean, they're, they kind of have that tone anyways, but like you actually hear them like break. At oh some yeah. Point. Like the way and he's singing this drawn out sort sort of way. Um, you know, when Again, I was listening synth to this, adds a lot to this one. It does. When I was listening to this, I was, and this goes back to the recording a little bit of, you know, how do you think, can you tell sort of how they recorded it? Like, do you think they were all sort of like in one room or? Dude, that's really hard to say because anymore it's, it's hard to tell because of, of just what you can do. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it would sound like they were any, and you know, they may have been, the like core members may have been present for whatever, uh, right. for for part of it, and then they just overdub the rest. And right, okay, I yeah. Know. I was just curious if there was something that that sort of stood out, like because sometimes I feel like you know with with certain bands you can definitely tell you're like oh okay yeah all these guys are basically in the same room just oh like just- like we're t- like with the Stones dude when you hear the intro to um. Uh, can't you hear me knocking? Can hear me knocking. Yeah, you can hear yeah. that way in the background. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's so good. Well, speaking of the Stones, Graham, track number seven, "Shine a Light." 
Oh, yeah. Stones Songs only. of the same name. Now, which one do, do you have a preference? Which one do you this prefer? One? Fucking yeah. this one for sure. Shine a, what, shine a light on. Is that on Exile? Yeah. That's not Exile, right? Yeah. I I, you know, I do like that one. But, dude, this this Shine a Light, I just, I've always liked that. This this is such a good. So folks are born on summer, buried alive. Just, just. Ding, 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 dude. Ding, ding. Oh, so, that's great. You know that intro with the ding, 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 dude. Yeah, reminds me of the Beatles' "Get Back" so much in, in the beginning. The way the way the song starts, man. Like initially, That's I was funny. listening to, I was about to just go into JoJo. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, "Shine a Light" was always a highlight on this album for me. I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite, but it's a top three-er for me. Okay, all right, yep. And again, they just. There is just such a good mix of electric guitar and synth. Like, I, I really like the balance that they strike between those two things. It's it's awesome. And it yeah. works. And, you know, I've always... I've always... Yeah. I've said before that the, the synthesizer, to me, is always going on this proverbial line of being really cool or really cheese dick. And it can, yeah. and it doesn't take much to go one way or the other, right? Yeah, it's a fine, it's a fine. It one. is, but they, they, they always make it cool in in Just what walk, they, walk yeah, the yeah, walking the line. Um. Well, now we go, Grim, to track number eight, "Dear Sons and Daughters of Hungry Ghosts." One thing that stood out to me when I heard this song, it musically, I'm not, I'm not talking about vocally, but musically, the song sounded a lot like something Elliot Smith would have done oh. on like on like okay. XO or yeah. XO or mu or that was because XO or Figure Eight. There's something about the the instrumentation. Yeah, and yeah, everything. okay. And, and I don't know if it's the. It, it reminded me of. Um, Parts like of it reminded me, like, yeah. yeah what is it? at the beginning yeah. that dissonance? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's part of what it was. But um, yeah, there was something about it that I was like, wow, I could really hear like Elliot Smith singing over top of this. Well, and even the lyrics, dude. What is it? I got a hand, so I got a fist, and I got a a plan. Yeah. What is it? And then, but God doesn't always have the best goddamn plans, does he? Like that's yeah. a that could be a modest mouse line too. Yeah. I, oh, I, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah definitely. That's could, a good one. Could be. Yeah. He says uh, now we'll say it's in God. It's in God's hands, but God doesn't always have the best goddamn plans, does he? Yeah. Like, that's, that's that's really that's, good. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, track number nine. I'll believe anything. Now, this is one I was going to mention that I think transitions really, really well because that okay. synth starts to come in that, de, de, do, 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 you yeah. know, and, and it sets up it sets up what they're going to do. And I'll believe in anything. Yeah. I, so what I really like this actually this might be my favorite song on the album. I, I would say oh, second no favorite. Shit. OK. Yeah. It might be my second favorite after um, you're a runner. Um, and and so. What I like about this, dude, it has some sort of like an almost like the way he sings, it has almost like an Irish or Scottish 
type feel. Like I feel like, dude, you could yeah. put bagpipes. You yeah, could put I could, bagpipes I could, over I, this. I, 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 yeah, sure, okay. You know, like yeah, there's something right. about it. And then, dude, give me your eyes. I need sunshine. Like, oh, dude, I just it's it's pretty cool, man. Like I, yeah. I really like the lyrics and in, in, in some of that stuff. Uh, it, it just, dude, it it builds up really nicely and gets really really big. Hmm. So, dude, my if. If we're just gonna unanimously say you are a runner is my, is our favorite, which sure. I, I have a hard time arguing with that. Yeah, yeah. I have to say this next one, it's a curse, is definitely my second favorite. Now, what I like about it is they use. Let me let me show you. They use the natural harmonics of the guitar. Okay. So. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know they. He comes in, and I don't. I haven't. But they use those harmonics, right? Oh, yeah, go to that Led Zeppelin song. But whatever, whatever, and I didn't, I didn't beforehand figure it out. But I like how that he figures out the notes so that when he when he hits the harmonic, uh-huh. when he hits those <coughs> harmonics, it sounds like dirty. It doesn't yeah. like when I play this. It sounds fairly clean, but but with that with the root note of whatever the song's in, when he hits those. Those come out like a diminished fifth or something really dirty. And they get the, you know, the on the tremolo. That's how just, we like it on the Scratch oh, Track podcast. Dude. We like it dirty. Yeah, we want to get nasty with it. Yeah. Um, so, again, and I, I don't want to say because, you know, that they're taking anything from anyone. But for me, and maybe people who aren't familiar with this, so one of the reasons I was like, ah, oh, this sounds like Elliot Smith or this part or this part. So, dude, this song to me sounds like Spoon a little bit, musically and mm. and vocal and vocally even the way you know Britt Daniels sings in sort of that sort of shout. He has that that shouting raspy tone. I, right? I I can appreciate that. I don't think Spoon is this nasty ever. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is a little dirtier, but I do agree with you. Like I can yeah. I can hear how that would work, and I love the keyboard riff how they kind of wrap it up that. Like it's very chromatic and just kind of winds around and, and ends up at the the root. I don't know. It's it's really good. Gotta end up at the root. All right. Track number eleven. Dinner bells. Another ballad. Another belt, longest song in the album. This one's at what seven and a half minutes. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's definitely long. It's got this, uh, you know, it, it's weird. There's like a sort of like this constant drum beat, and dude, there's, it's almost like I don't know if I want to call it experimental, but sort of like these erratic sort of just guitar yeah. sounds. Like when stuff. he says "Maestro," where's the music, and he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's some like weird things going on. I yeah. just I've always liked the that lyric. There'll be no more winter. There'll be no more spring. There'll be no more dinner bells left for you to ring. Like ring. That, that's that's a man. That is great fucking that's writing. Good, that's really good, writing. good. It is for sure. And then we're gonna wrap it up, Grim, with track number twelve. Oh. This heart's on fire. 
now a Dan Bogner song, but to me, um, I really, I think what really makes this song is that repetitive keyboard that Krug is playing. That and and it almost like he doesn't change it on purpose because it builds the tension in release going against the other notes, which is brilliant. Attack and release. yeah, for some reason when I was listening to this, I felt like it had it had like a almost like a 90s feel or a 90s indie feel. I don't know what it was that stood out to me about it, but um Hey man, yeah. sometimes we rock and roll, sometimes we stay yeah. at home. <laughs> exactly. Um but the album it, I feel like it ends in sort of like an I don't know, a little bit of an up, upbeat. Now the song yeah. starts off slower, but it but it feels maybe there's some hope. Um I think it's a good antithesis to the beginning, honestly. Like, like it really is. It's it's still like like it still kicks ass and you know moves, but it's not as dark. It's a little like you said. It's almost hopeful. Kicks ass and takes names. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Grim. It is time to. Scratch. I think, I mean, we're both in agreement on our favorite songs. Second favorite songs, I believe I went with, what did I go with? The, um, uh, I, I'll believe in anything. What was your, I guess. It's a curse, man. It's curse. Okay. Third one is Shine curse. a Light. Love Shine, Shine a Light. Light. Yeah. Um, all right. Now who's scratching? Who I feel like, scratching? did I pick this one? I yeah. think so. All right, yeah, if I yeah, picked it, scratch I'll scratch. I like, yeah, that's ooh, I like that. That's fair. What do you got? What do you got, Grim? I think if I had to, I would scratch the same ghost every night. When ooh, okay. Um... Not because I dislike it, but I mean, that part of the album is just moving in such good motion where if that, I went from fancy claps into shine a light, I don't think I would be upset. Now, like I said, when I was upon first hearing the album, I definitely would have scratched Grounds for Divorce, but I right. I have changed my tune. Yeah, same ghost every night. Also, it's it's. Pretty long. It's it, almost six minutes. We're at you know five forty-five. I'm pretty much coming in, so I can definitely see where you know you, you you're kind of ready to move on, especially if you know Shine a Light's like you know one of your top songs. You, some, sometimes you just want oh, to yeah, get there. Where does it flip? Yeah, where does it flip? Oh, it flips after Shine a Light. Okay, so you get seven songs on side one and one two, and then what five five, five songs on side yeah yeah. So too. But I mean, gotcha. shit, dinner bells being seven thirty four. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and scratch dinner bells, man. It's just, oh, okay. Yeah, it makes it, sense. It's it, it's seven and a half minutes. It, it doesn't. It's a slower, more somber song. And it doesn't really change that. It doesn't. It, to me, the song doesn't evolve. There's not a lot of transition or anything. And I'm just it, yeah. It, for for a seven minute song, I kind of want it to go somewhere and do something. That's just you know kind of kind of where I'm at. Like here's the thing. Like I feel like the song could have also been three minutes, and 
I would have been okay with that. Like it, I, I wouldn't be like, oh man, you know, they should have really extended this one a couple more minutes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I understand. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not throwing out anything for that. Uh, you didn't mm-hmm. either. So that, yeah, that's uh, what we would call a fair scratch, a fair scratch. But so let us yeah. know after you go ahead and do the thing below, like, subscribe what and your below. fair scratch would be yeah. also yeah have you guys ever heard of this band before <laughs> like oh God, I, I mean so. it's it, i mean it's one of those things though where there's bands like this though that are they've been around for a while and they've been making music for a while right and 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 these members have been in other bands but i, I wouldn't say that they're certainly not at the level of some of i guess i guess the where i put my other favorite indie bands well, um, dude, it, it's crazy. Like I was talking to my man Mac the other day, and I said, "Like, dude, have you did you get into the apologies from Queen Mary?" And he was like, "Oh no, I picked them up at like Mount Zoomer." And I'm like, "And you never thought to go back and see what the first one was like?" Jeez, who are these people you're hanging out with, man? That almost deserves a what the fuck yeah, is that? Um, all right, Grim. I think that's gonna wrap it up here. Uh, yeah, let us know below if you guys like this album. If you're going to listen to it now, what's your favorite track? And what track would you guys scratch off if you had to? Like, subscribe, and comment below. On that note, it is time to go on the TD show. show. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude and Grim. Additional music provided by Moore and the Tins. Copyright 2023, The Dude and Grim Show.